Shut up and sit down. Get drunk for the next one. Is the next one actually Suicide Squad? Yes. Yes. Mm. Have you seen Suicide Squad, Ben? Uh, no, but I'm gonna. Okay. Sorry, I almost said Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Scuba Squad. Um. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Schuyler Hausma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey, exploring our favorite celebrity superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or whatever the hell this one had, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Sit down. I'm Amanda Waller. I'm here to indoctrinate you convicts into our special forces. Pass. I killed to keep degenerates off the streets. I won't work alongside them. Fresh air and time off my sentence. Feel free to keep calling me up, love. Task Force X is an off-the-books government strike team. Made up of convicts with no hope for release. Serving as expendable agents for impossible missions. Succeed, and I'll shave time off your sentences. If we don't. You'll be dead. Any other stupid questions? Yeah, what's in my neck? A tracker? Yes, and a powerful nanotech explosive. Run away, get yourself captured, disobey an order. Hell, give me a right answer too slowly, and I'll blow your head clean off. You lie. You would not take all of this trouble just to kill us. Try me. I didn't think so. Batman Assault on Arkham. And yes, there will be spoilers. DC Entertainment, goodness. Warner Brothers Animation Team. Kevin Conroy back as Batman. Andrea Romano back as voicing director. And that's about it. Was she really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sh- oh man. I have to edit my <laughs> my tangent on this movie then. Uh, I think Mark Hamill did the Joker for this one too. It was Troy Baker. Oh, it was yeah. definitely, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't Mark Hamill. Who, no. who was doing his best Mark Hamill. Yeah, he was doing his best Mark Hamill. That's for sure. Yeah. 
He was not doing the John DiMaggio style of, why don't I make the Joker my own thing? Or uh, who else did that? Uh, Brett Spiner also did that on Young Justice. And Jared Leto. Well, yes, but that's live action. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that next week. All right, so first opinions on Batman Assault on Arkham. I'm going to hand this off to Skyler. Uh, Batman Assault on Arkham is one of the few Batman things I actually truly don't like. I feel like the voice acting, you know, outside of the regulars is astoundingly subpar. Uh, The music's all over the place. Um, To its credit, the plot is uh, is appropriate for a Suicide Squad uh, story, which only got contextualized to me after I saw a Suicide Squad uh, story that was not very good for the team. Um, But I also feel like it's really often just kind of ugly, mean-spirited Assault on Arkham, and uh, not at all up to the standards if you're going to put it in the Arkham universe. Uh, Popcorn Ben. Oh, my my opinion on this movie was generally neutral. I I think... You know, I forget who voiced the Joker, but they were doing their best Mark Hamill, and I think it was mostly a pretty good Mark Hamill. The plot was kind of like, eh, was this better than the Suicide Squad actual live-action movie? I don't know. It did have a really bizarre and off-putting sex scene, so generally neutral to slightly negative on this one. But I don't have too much else to say. It's just kind of there. <laughs> like a misshapen end table. <laughs> Uh, no food analogy? Like, what food is just kind of there? Right? Oh, gosh, like a toast sandwich. Uh, no, nah, that's too good for it. I'd say, like, a No, that's, that's like... Um, uh, it's, it's like... Pudding. White, it's like white bread with margarine and grape jelly. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Right, I'll it's... You know, it's it's yeah. mostly neutral. You you know, you, you still eat like white bread and grape jelly, and you're like, well, this is kind of a sandwich. Yeah, um, it's just it's, it's just it's, something you put in your mouth. <laughs> it's, It'll, it's it's like pastaroni. It's not really like pasta, but it's imitation it's like, pasta. It's like a it's like a boiled hot dog. Ooh, that's what this movie is. It's a boiled hot dog. I'm going to stick with margarine and grape jelly because I like the idea of, like, stretching that out of, you know, like, that's sweet at points. But then you're also going, I don't know if, like, butter mixes with jelly that and, well. And, and, like, there's, like, too much butter and the jelly is spread just a little bit too thin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so you know, the like, makings of something pretty good, but the proportions are just a little bit wrong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. White, and, it, and it's white bread. You uh, know, you should be using, like, a whole 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 <laughs> grain, like a wheat berry bread. There you go. Uh, I was about to say Suicide Squad. This is Assault on Arkham, right? Definitely that off-putting sex scene like takes you out of the show for so long. That's that's like a, just a giant gob of margarine that gets like stuck in a little like <laughs> air bubble in the bread, and yeah. then you get the butter down there, and there it's like, oh, this is just a big old hunk of mouthful Oof. of butter. Oof. I don't need that right now. Oof. Have we um, ever considered doing a food section on this podcast? Because I think we, we should. We should. Uh, <laughs> perhaps. Um, but it's so – it's just so up and down up the board because it's not like collectively a great or bad movie. It is 
just so many parts that definitely do not mix together, but at the same point, like some parts don't need to be there, and some points were like, those are really good ideas. Uh, like you mentioned, Skyward, the overall plot is a solid setup. Heist movie uh, mixed with ulterior motives, and then betrayal, and then a bunch of people die. Uh, that's great Suicide Squad. That's, that's, that's really what you need. Uh, you don't need much more than that. And maybe just, if you're going live action, get a little in-depth with the people. But that should be the basic MacGuffin drive. Because <laughs> um, this team doesn't fight world calamities. This team does what Amanda Waller tells it to do, and it's supposed to do it covertly, and then screws up almost every single time. And then they get to just blow some people's heads up every once in a while. And this definitely did that. And had a few unexpected deaths. Like, whoa! All right, we're just going to straight up kill King Shark, I guess. And then Killer Frost gets offed at the end, kind of, sort of, at two. Uh, <laughs> my big complaint is that like it turns into a um, Batman Arkham Games ad by the end of the movie with the jailbreak. <laughs> with all right, the- it's like, bring out everyone, all of them. All of obviously done Arkham-style animations... Um, like before all the characters we had seen besides Harley Quinn were all done in like a new way or like dead shots really hard to screw up. <laughs> He's kind of got the same outfit, but the new Harley Quinn outfit, I was like, that's probably the best Harley Quinn outfit I've seen in animation. It's fresh. It's new. I like it a lot, a little exploitative, but like that's kind of Harley's thing, isn't it? Uh, they didn't go with the Arkham style where she just has like the weird feathered blouse and the ponytails colored. Um, and but they made Bane and Poison Ivy and Two Face, well not really Two Face, but Scarecrow look the exact same as the video game, and you're like, okay, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> the other one who looked the exact same was the Riddler, who I have to say is maybe the worst sounding character in this film. You have Wally Wingard who does the voice in throughout the Arkham games, who's great, and then mm-hmm. you bring in the dude from Criminal Minds to do it here, and it's. Oh, so off-putting. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so there's definitely so many moments that just go... They at least gave Captain Boomerang a couple shining moments. And I gotta say, if you're just gonna put Captain Boomerang in a movie, you gotta justify his existence. <laughs> and they definitely gave almost pretty much every character a reason to be there and even fit in the Joker with a reasonable amount. Uh, so, like, there's so many good things, but overall, ugh, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Did it's it's just spread a little thin. <laughs> Was it also kind of strange to watch a Deadshot Joker fight scene that went on for like ten minutes at the end, and it's like this would not happen, I don't think. Uh, you know, it's a masculinity thing, right? And pride. Um, I got that, and but I did enjoy how they didn't cop out and say, well, at the end of the movie, Batman's just going to fight Joker, like he does at the end of every single Batman animated film that includes Joker. <laughs> um, we're going to have Deadshot fight him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did go a little long, sure. But the idea of it happening, I'll dig it. Okay, so I Fair. guess that's all for first opinion. Thank you. 
Uh, we got no production budget stats, cruising along. It's an animated movie. What do you want from us, guys? You probably watched it online for free anyway. How did you know? <laughs> uh, I made the mistake of blind buying this a few months ago. Mm, did you buy it out of the children's section of Best Buy? That's where it sits. Oh, no, not when I was there. They had It was around Batman v Superman time, so they had their own little standee, and it's like, oh, it's it's $5, and it's like, this is not worth my $5. I'd say it's worth $5. Yeah, the voice acting, you have a stellar cast, right? Neil McDonough as Deadshot. You got, uh, oh, my gosh, Hayden Winter? I forget who, Lynch, right? Hayden Welch? Lynch? Welch. Who Welch, played, W-E-L, yeah. Yeah, who plays Harley and does a all right Harley. Like, she, she, I don't know if she reacts to people well, but she, like, does all right when Harley's just kind of talking to herself. Um, and Gia, Giancarlo Esposito as Black Spider. Are you kidding me? Gustavo that, Fring as Black Spider? That's right. Now I remember. Uh, was it CCH Pounder back as uh, Waller? Ah, uh, probably. And what a great name for a person to play Amanda Waller. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody screws the wall. <laughs> they made her a bit too like blubbery. I think it didn't. Ex- it didn't exude power. <laughs> no, she's she's kind of losing her composure. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh. So let's move on to comic books then. I've got. Pretty much every character that appears here that doesn't appear in the live-action Suicide Squad movie I'm going to talk about. And that includes three characters uh, besides KG Beast, who we talked about in Batman v Superman, um, and Amanda Waller, which we talked about all the way back in Green Lantern, I think. Uh, So we've got three characters, which is Black Spider is the first, Eric Needham, the first Black Spider premiered in Detective Comics number 463, 1976, Jerry Conway and Ernie Chua. So Eric was a heroin addict who turned to crime in order to afford a fix. Until one night, he robs the wrong liquor store and kills the counter clerk who turns out to be his father. That is some real before-the-devil-knows-you're-dead shit right there. Right there. Right there. Uh, If you don't know what before-the-devil-knows-you're-dead is, watch that movie and get depressed. Kind of like Requiem for a Dream. Anyway, moving on. Filled with remorse, he attempts to atone for his crime by becoming the vigilante, the Black Spider. With one sole mission kill anyone and everyone involved in dealing drugs. Murdering people in Gotham, eh? Enter Batman. Yeah. Who is all like, let me get in on that shit. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, Needham wants to pair up with Batman, but uh, because of the whole murder thing, the big bat shuts him down. Now he's got revenge for Batman mixed into his motive. Teams up with criminals occasionally, because that makes sense. And, you know, it fixes the whole ends justify the means. I'll team up with criminals to get back at Batman, kill some drug dealers, and in the end, I'll take out the criminals. But really, I was just as bad as the criminals while I was taking out the criminals, and I didn't really just... Yeah, everyone Everyone wins. (laughs) Not the best attitude. Um, 
But after Needham's wife and son are murdered by a drug lord, that's rough, he performs a raid on that guy's compound and with some C4 strapped to his back, gets some revenge by blowing up everyone and everything. Just some. Just a little bit. Give me just a little bit. There's like a weird couple of years where he's mysteriously resurrected in the Sandman comic book and ambiguously just like back for a little bit and nobody explains why. That doesn't last. That's very sparing. Until we get to the new 52. Everyone's got a new origin story now. Uh, He is rebooted and now a part of the Suicide Squad. Uh, He develops an upstick nose, upstuck nose attitude around criminals, even though he is still a murderer. That trait did not go away. Uh, And the team eventually becomes his second family, though, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like, oh, I'm trying to refrain from so many live-action Suicide Squad references, but they're just so apt. Kind of like that one character who went from, no, I won't help him out, to, he's my family now. Yeah, exactly. In that that one film, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Second character we have is Killer Frost 2. This is the Luis Lincoln version of Killer Frost, premiered in Firestorm Volume 2, number 21, 1984, Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. So Luis was a dear friend of the first Killer Frost, a person literally named Crystal Frost. So real quick, Crystal Frost was a science partner of Dr. Martin Stein, one half of the superhero Firestorm, if you know, in the Arctic. She loved him. He didn't love her. She accidentally gets locked into a thermofrost chamber and suddenly has the ability to absorb heat and transfer it into frost and and ice projectiles. Lover scorn, murderous rampage as Killer Frost... Firestorm steps in and essentially murders her when he feeds her too much heat than she can handle. Too hot to handle. Back to Luis. Feeling pretty vengeful about the death of her friend, she pulls a kid flash and exactly replicates the process that turned Crystal into the first Killer Frost. Now she is the new Killer Frost and a mortal enemy of Firestorm. Lots of adventures among various storylines, including becoming a member of the Suicide Squad, selling her soul, oh, and tricking Jason Rush, one half of the second Firestorm, into curing her of cancer. By the way, when he finds out that she did that, he reverses it and literally gives her her cancer back. That's such a dick move. Yeah, granted there are some murders in between her getting cured and her getting her cancer back. That's still a dick move. Yeah, that. but given her cancer, fuck, dude. Come on. Oh, could you imagine that? Just like, oh, man, you've just been too bad. Um, I'm going to give you your cancer back. Whoa, holy, really? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and that one time she tricked me into taking her cancer away, so I gave it back. Oh, you call yourself a hero, Jason. Oh, and finally, we have the weirdest character to grace himself into Suicide Squad. That is King Shark. 
premiered in Superboy, Volume 4, Number 0, 1994, by Carl Kessel. Okay. Basically, he's the killer croc of Metropolis. Somebody help me out with the pronunciation of his name. Nanaue? Yeah, that's what I would go with. Nanaue? That's a lot of sounds. Yeah, I'll allow it. (laughs) All right, so Nanaue was born in Hawaii to an average human mother and a freaking shark god of a father. As one does. He got linked to some missing person cases and was brought in by an FBI agent named Sam Makoa. One sec, back the fuck up. Fucking this average dude with a grizzled Demeter brought in the son of a shark god. Fucking this average dude. Are you kidding me? The suicide, even in Assault on Arkham movie when King Shark is just like, uh, just like getting out of his pool of blood uh, children's film and jumps and just like murders everybody who's after him before he gets reprimanded because he's bulletproof right and he's a fucking shark guy this one guy this one FBI agent is just like no I'm going to take him in and he gets scarred up pretty good for sure but still he's just like no I caught him he's in questioning right now he's in custody so he's the Aaron Cash of King Shark War I guess, holy fucking shit. I don't, I gotta read that book, because that seems intense. It gets more intense, too. A gang called the Silicone Dragons busts King Shark loose, and by this point, Superboy is on the scene. All right? So, Nanaue has been in jail and hasn't been able to eat for a while. He eats human bodies for sustenance, I guess. So, when the dragons jailbreak him, They want to hire him for a job. That's why they went in and took him out. He's not interested, so he eats them. Then he heads back to his mom's house. He's still hungry, so she seriously offers up her arm for him to eat. Goddamn 90s, all right? That's a very Snowpiercer thing to happen. Ugh. Ugh. Superboy finds him and uh, takes him out with some heat vision. And that's really uh, now we've got now we've okay, so now we've got S- Superboy, King Shark, and Agent Makoa are all recruited by the Suicide Squad to take out the Silicone Dragons. Shark has a bomb strapped to his waist that'll explode if anything happens to Makoa. Well, nothing really happens to him, but the bell detonates anyway. Uh, and besides that, he survives. So, again, a regular dude took this guy down in the first place. I just gotta, I don't know. Agent Makoa, badass for life. Real gangster G. Um, after that mission, he later resurfaces in Metropolis, of all the fucking places to be, and uh, causes some havoc. More various adventures of lesser note with Superman... And Aquaman, and that's about it. Oh, he gets rebooted in New 52 as well as a first member of the Suicide Squad. Now he resembles a giant hammerhead shark instead of a great white, but that's about it. Not to be confused with the great white shark who is just like, I don't know, some kind of broker who lost his nose and ears and shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically the black mask, but with a white face. Yes. (laughs) 
that or looks the Street like Sharks. Okay, uh, moving on to music, which is not my section, so I pass it off to the beautiful Houtsma. Oh, you're too kind. I will adopt my one-name moniker from now on. Uh, music for Batman Assault on Arkham is done by a fellow named Robert J. Crawl. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, who? Robert J. Crawl. Um, so did, did you mean Christopher Drake? No, I didn't, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> which what? Is, which is the strangest thing, because, uh, you know, Christopher Drake does all these things. And now we have... You mean, do you mean just Drake? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that might be even better than uh, what we have musically for this film. Uh, I see I had two musical examples, and now there are three. So... Are you you're trying to sneak past me that we aren't going to listen to the Harley Quinn theme? No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> Is that some seriously goofy stuff that our listeners need to pay attention to? Okay, if this uh if this track is what I'm thinking it is, um I'll definitely have uh things to say on it then. So, I guess we're playing the first track called Criminal Montage. Yes, thank you. <laughs> say some negative things about that i mean come on i i can't think of anything negative to say about it no nope. it's perfect that is the nadia komanichi of animated soundtracks that's some some beethoven shit right there <laughs> jesus christ oh my god <laughs> um there's a reason Oh, I forgot to say it in my opening montage. Another reason I hate this movie is the the music to it. It is all over the goddamn place. Some just garbage EDM shit that Whoa. mixed in with this bland ass, you know, heroic theme like dun 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 dun, and it jumps back and forth all over the spectrum when, when, throughout the movie. When the dubstep kicks in, it's just so jarring and bizarre. It is. It's so weird. It's I. It starts this movie off on just a fucking wrong foot <laughs> and keeps going from there. Oh, uh, the other track I had picked out. Uh, let's see, Batman well, fights Suicide Squad. That's I'll, I'll, I'll back up, back up, back up. That is the definitive sound of Harley Quinn for this movie. Okay. It's like and some like midi sampled kittens. It's just like the sound of weird, like a lumbering person, sort of just like a. Cl- I don't like know. Like a circus. I guess. <laughs> okay, it's funny you said you talked about midi because there's a um. There's a quote from Robert J. Crawl, um, 
from an interview he did back in 2012, and He's saying that composing is important, that in the end you sound like yourself or it's all just the same. I'm glad I had piano lessons because now so much of the work comes from inputting music into sequencing programs via MIDI keyboard. Mm. It is seriously the most MIDI shit. You know what? I'm so glad he said that like everything has to come from yourself or else it all sounds the same. Because Robert Crow, all right? You've got a lot of things going on, and none of it sounds the same. So you are consistent with your words. It, it's true. Like talking to this guy must be like, well, you know, I went down to the store today, the and then chicken's on fire, chicken's on fire, chicken's on fire. <laughs> um, some of the other stuff he's done, he's done a lot of the Scooby Doo animated DVD features, and <laughs> that, that and the haunt like Scooby Doo, <laughs> and the haunting in Connecticut. So. Oh, really? <laughs> so his work is about as all over the place as his sounds are. Did he use that Harley Quinn sound for the haunting in Connecticut? <laughs> Jesus, I hope so. What, 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 what? It's like, as like someone's vomiting a demon. <laughs> oh, it sounds like the Star Wars Cantina song. That would just, I'm be, that of. Would just be incongru- incong- incongruous enough to be like jarring and disturbing. That might actually work. That might actually work. <laughs> Next song. Next song is uh, Batman Fights Suicide Squad, and it's much more Christopher Drakey, if I should say so. Lots of percussion, lots of pretty standard action stuff. Cute up. Christopher Drake. It's like at some point the director was like, hey, that guy that does like all the other Batman animated scores, let's get a little bit of that in there. Is that, uh, do you know who directed this? Was it Jay Oliva? It was Jay Oliva, yep. Okay, so they are keeping some things consistent. Some big names in Warner Brother animation right now, by the way. Andrea Romano, legend. Voicing director for DC since, like, 1990, all right? This lady's been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay uh, Oliva has been directing almost every single Batman movie animated from, like, 2008-ish. Uh, Christopher Drake, same thing in the music department. And I don't know. I think that's covering a lot of big names, unless you, and the voice actors are, you know, the ones who've been doing it forever. Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker, and no Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn, even though she has also been doing it for twenty plus years. Right. You also have to keep an eye out for uh, producers like Bruce Tim, mm. Paul Dini, Dan Reeve, Burnett. Yes, all those four. Stephen Duffy, Stephen McDuffie, rest in peace. Oh, really? Um, Sam Liu, I saw, was uh, director <laughs> of uh, The Killing Joke. Oh. And, and some other stuff, I'm sure, too. Whatever. Okay, so remember how I said I was going to get back to the ridiculous sound of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that now. Uh, last track 
I have picked out is the end credits. Let's go! I'm not even going to slight that one. All right. In terms of like mixing Batman with EDM, I'd say you could have gone a hell of a lot worse. You know, I don't want to give the impression that I'm like angry or frustrated. I just hate this music with all of my heart. So. Oh, <laughs> just not an EDM fan at all? A little bias there? It, it just it, it does not mix at all with the tone, with what's... Like you're saying, just weird things that don't mesh, and this yeah. doesn't mesh. <laughs> yeah. You see, in that case, it was like, yeah, that's not that bad. That would have came off, that song actually would have came off a lot better if they actually had like an ending credits sequence. Uh, instead, they just sort of flashed the names in the same exact spot, in the same exact way, for two minutes before doing the rolling credits portion of the credit scene, and you're like, you know, it would have been cooler if you kind of did, like, what uh, I'm going to hearken to it, the Suicide Squad movie did, where it just shows, like, the name of the person next to some sort of symbolization of what character they voiced, right? Just a little, like, a screenshot, and you could have just, like... like, what every movie ever does. Yeah, recently. Pretty much. (laughs) Ever since, Uh, like, The Incredibles. Well, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and it just—I think it would have—it would have ended so much more on a solid note if you did that. Instead, he just sort of said, "Well, the movie's over. Some characters are dead, and we're not really addressing that." Um, but go home. We're not going to really come back to this portion of Batman ever again. So it doesn't matter how many characters we kill, unless it's not as long as it's not Batman or Joker or Harley Quinn. Oh wait, you are home. Uh, go play the video games. They're much better. <laughs> All right. I'm, I did. I didn't play Arkham City after this, and I was like, "This is better. This is hell good." Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, that's all I have for music. This just makes me want to talk about the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum music again. <laughs> makes me sad. What would you? Well, I mean, should could do you think EDM would fit into Arkham Asylum? <sighs> It would have to have some kind of story basis to it. Like there's some kind of EDM-based villain who <laughs> gets into this fucking... That's you the know. dumbest idea since Arm Fall Off Boy. Arm <laughs> Fall Off Boy. You know, if any series has the cred enough to make it work, they would only mostly biff it instead of spectacularly biffing it. Oh, I think there was Batman EDM stuff in, like, the Game Boy games, pretty much. It was Batman 8-bit, and he would shoot guns. Yeah. It's real, all right? Don't think it wasn't. SNES totally had an 8-bit track to their Batman game, and he totally... Probably would have had a 16-bit track, actually, on the SNES. 
<laughs> and actually, the Game Boy was only four bit. So. Oh my God, nerd! <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. Game Boy Color was eight bit, though. I'm pretty sure. That's right. He gets more tang than I do. So let's get to his section. Uh, science. <laughs> Excuse me. You're the engaged one. Yeah, I don't drink orange juice. I don't even oh. drink Kool Aid. Hey, it's not orange juice for you, okay? It's orange juice for astronauts. Yeah, I still won't drink it. It's for astronauts. Yo, what more do you need? All right. We'll get to science section, or do you do, do what do you what do you want to do? All right, it's your show now. You've, it's, you've, it's my show now. Well, let's yeah, let's, you, let's talk about the the one science thing. I was like, yeah, we could talk about that. It might be a little interesting. Dirty bombs. Dirty, 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 dirty bombs. Dirty bombs. I'm not talking about you know what I dirty gave base. your mother last night. Um, <laughs> no, so um, a, a kind of important plot point in this movie is the Joker has a dirty bomb and he's going to blow it up in Gotham, and they never yeah. explain what it is or why that would be a bad thing. It's like it's a bomb. All right, then why don't you just call it a bomb? No, it's a dirty bomb. All it's right. a dirty bomb, and what makes that different? A dirty bomb is. A bomb that uses conventional explosives to disperse radioactive material. So it's a nuclear bomb without the explosion. It, it no, it's not a nuclear bomb. Um, basically, they have you have your conventional bomb, and you strap like some kind of radioactive material to the outside, and then you blow up the bomb, and then the radioactive material goes everywhere. Um. So, but it's but it's got the like it's got the after effects of what a nuclear bomb is. What I mean, it's just like without the firestorm, you still get the ionization of molecules in the air around you, causing negative side effects like uh like liver dialysis. I don't know what what do you get from from different forms of fast-acting cancer. Oh, it, it rips apart your DNA and calls, causes all kind of bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. here's the thing, though. Nuclear isotopes, like, pretty heavily regulated. And the most common ones that people have around are, like, medical isotopes for treating and diagnosing disease or, like, in manufacturing stuff or... Like in, industrial, they're not like the super like your poloniums or your your uraniums that are like really damaging. Um, and so, dirty bombs actually would not cause a, they would there would not be a lot of death from radiation just because the type of nuclear material that you have access to to make one with wouldn't you know affect people in that way. So what if you could get some uranium? Yeah, well, if you could get enough uranium, you'd just build a real nuclear bomb. Oh. From what I understand, because I was looking this up the other night on completely unrelated means, um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm on a watch list now, great. Um, <laughs> I mean, we all are. At this point, yes. Um, the dirty bombs aren't so much about, you know, the blast like a nuclear bomb would be and I also read what you had said about the type of radiation usually wouldn't cause a lot of 
death or disease. It's more just a terror means. It makes the yeah. It makes the area uninhabitable and well, until you clean it out. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's more. It's less a. It's not really a weapon of mass destruction so much as a weapon of mass disruption. Ooh. So pe- people are scared of it. They panic. You know, it's 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 a it's a terrorist weapon rather than if you want to destroy a whole city. All right. So if you are at ground zero of a dirty bomb, what happens? Uh, you are killed by a conventional explosion. All right. So okay, <laughs> minus that. Uh, absent that, it's like getting a radiation treatment for cancer. Okay. Which, so you just get really sick. Yeah, it's not pleasant, but you know, you take a shower afterward to get all the radioactive dust off you, and you're like, okay. That's it. That's about it. That's really it. That's about it. Oh. Well. So it's it's actually like totally the type of weapon the Joker would use, because. Its effect is less about actually causing d- damage to people and property, and it's more about the psychological, like, oh my goodness, a dirty bomb, nuclear, radioactivity, woo, scary. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Dirty, dirty, dirty bombs. Dirty bombs. Could you hide one in the ma- in a mallet? Sure. Can yeah. You, could you hide a Could you hide a conventional bomb inside a giant mallet? Okay. Sure. Do you have enough room for just like a little bit of you pack a little radioactive material in there, yeah. Alright, so could. if you swing that mallet around, does anything break? Um, Cause that bomb to explode or not work? I mean, can you take a clock radio and smash it? <laughs> okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, that thing shouldn't work if she hit somebody with that damn mallet because there was like no padding in there. Yeah. Funny you so say that. Go. I just got a flash of the mask when he pulls out that mallet and smashes the alarm clock. <laughs> That's exactly how it will go down, yeah. Snooze! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did through this movie. Ooh. Nice. Fair enough. Someone's having a good time. Yeah! Yeah, my my I'm at my fiancé's parents' house right now. We're driving to Iowa City for a wedding and we stop here halfway, so. Party hardy. I don't know what they're up to. They're crazy though. They're great. They're they're a little a little fun to be around. They're watching Batman Assault on Arkham right now. Oh yeah. And uh, having fun drinking along to it. Do we have any rules that we should uh, bestow upon our friends, our listeners? Drop a shot down your throat every time the ba- uh, every time the bass drops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get swifty. Um, I'm trying to think of specific liquor. Uh, I don't know any liquor that involves gun. Ooh, uh, you definitely should have some Smirnoff for your fallen comrade. KG Beast existed in this movie to do the Suicide Squad thing and prove that characters die. Rip open a can of Natty Ice, and when what's-his-name says ice puns, really, you, <laughs> you chug your Natty Ice. Uh, that's, I'm glad they acknowledge that. It's just like, really, Killer Frost... Ice buns. Like, I don't even do boomerang jokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Batman and Robin's going to be so interesting in that regard. <laughs> oh, if you can afford it, pop the champagne cork out for every time someone's head gets blown off. 
happens a few times, believe it or not. Yeah, if, if, you, if you can't afford like eight bottles of champagne, just recork it and, and yeah. pop it off again every, every next time. <laughs> it's just as good the second time, I guarantee it. <laughs> I've, I've had the same bottle of champagne for the past four years. <laughs> it is nice. not the same bottle every New Year's. Oh, what, you still haven't drained all of that champagne? I never drink champagne, it's disgusting. Oh, it's delicious. It's pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys. Maybe, I don't know, does that make me a pansy bitch? I'll, I'll, I'll down this, a... This was a few years ago, but I was, at a, I was at a New Year's Eve party, and they had champagne there, and I like had my glass, and everyone like raised the toast, and then I could pretend to sip, and then I set it down real quickly. <laughs> and then like 45 minutes later, it was like, Hey, whose glass of champagne is this? And I'm like the only one not still holding a champagne flute. I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, drink if you're the only one not holding a can of alcohol throughout this movie. Yeah, just drink to forget that weird out-of-place sex scene. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Because. Just fast forward through it? I don't know. Like You shouldn't subject yourself to that. It's really a really obnoxious, cheap move to affiliate Harley with Deadshot so that Joker gets jealous. When all you had to do is just tell like Harley fake that Deadshot's her new boyfriend and Joker um, would believe her because he's no. crazy. Finish your bottle when you shouldn't fuck with the wall. There we go. No, finish your bottle when someone finished the movie by fucking with the wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not even quite sure what that means, but I'll take it. Uh, so that looks like it'll wrap it up today, super fans. Here comes that outro. Oh, you love it so. I know you do. Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced by Tribe Cop Productions. I, uh, I have to talk really quietly because my fiance's parents are going to sleep now. Um, so it's good we're wrapping this up. Uh, but we're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. Give us ratings. Give us reviews. Episodes come out on Monday, um, a week after they do on the website. So subscribe our iTunes or go to the website. We love you. Okay, good night. <laughs> and find us on Twitter. We're awesome on Twitter. Twitter Tom is awesome on Twitter. Look for at super letter M studies. Uh, let us know. Oh, hell. This versus the Suicide Squad movie. Which do you prefer? Skylar, you need to be considerate. Ben's fiance's parents are sleeping. Because I'm not wearing headphones either. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing headphones, but they're not plugged in. Oh, I got you. No, no, don't worry. Finally, there's tryupcop.com. All right? I keep promising you guys beautiful things on tryupcop.com. And I keep not delivering because I don't get paid to do this. So therefore, it gets put down on my priority list and it becomes less fun to do work when it becomes work and I'm not getting paid to do that work. So I always apologize when I make false promises. Like this one that may or may not come true. Last week was TMNT. We were in the studio. It sounded beautiful. We'll probably be back in the studio soon as like a regular thing minus Skylar. Because he's a punk-ass bitch. Okay, and if you want to get involved in the show, uh, you know, do some stuff for me for free, or, you know, whatever. 
I live in a bucket. <laughs> no, 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 not the whisper songs. Swear to God, not the whisper songs. Dream. Then, then, um, that, please, if you want to get involved, please go to Super Movie Studies at triopcop.com. Send us an email. Tell us that you want to be on the show. Do stuff for the show. Uh, exchanging funny, funny jokes. That's at Super M Studies for the Twitter because we always want to engage in really funny conversation that I really don't engage in because I'm not on Twitter. But I always check that email, okay? Check that email for you to see if you want to be on the show. You want to work with us because we're all about making friends, okay? And you're our friend. If you found this show somehow and you're listening to it, uh, you are entertaining yourself with this free product that we make for you, and you love it or hate it. Even if you hate it, you're our friend. So just remember that. So that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Skyler Hotsma. And Ben Anderson. And we hope you all have a uh, super... We drop the a lost cause high stakes body armor suicide boy it's the time for games and it's the time to kill make up your mind baby cause the time is here capital murder capital letters yeah she catching my vibe but she can't fathom my chatter need a couple gang members for these new endeavors from this point on anything